I spent the last three years learning from some of the best business minds inside the game of basketball. And now I've left my nine to five to create freedom and have fun while doing it. So the question is, how are hoopers and basketball fanatics like us using those same skills that gave us success on the court to give us success in our new sport of business? This podcast will give you the answer. Join me as I learn, apply, share knowledge, and change lives through the game that changed mine. My name is Myson Jones, and welcome to the Basketball to Business Podcast. What's going on? It's Myson Jones with the Basketball to Business Podcast. I have with me a former teammate here, somebody I've competed with, I've competed against. Uh, I learned a lot from two miles. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How much? How you doing? Good. So do me a favor. Can you give everybody the context from of your life from high school, college, and now? Yeah. Yeah. So um, play basketball all my life. Um, you know, just like any other kid, knew I, you know, wanted to play in college, wanted to, to, to be an NBA player and had these dreams and aspirations. Um, and, and basketball was always um, at the forefront of my mind. I didn't think about anything as it relates to business and basketball until I got into college, but <clears throat> played all my life. Um, went to Anderson, obviously we, we played together um, and, and learned really the most about business and how it relates to basketball in college um, just through competition through through our coach and and the business classes I was taking I kind of saw how the competitive nature of basketball and always adapting um, always having competition um, how they're they're really really closely related Um, and it's it's helped me um, in, in my career tremendously. So let me ask you this. So one thing I noticed with basketball, like you have the score in front of you, you have a scoreboard, right? Right. So you can see who's winning. You can see who's losing with business. You really can't see that. So how do you make up for that little gap there? That, that, that difference? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a little bit different in that, um, you can kind of keep score by looking at what your competitors are doing. But um, I think it's important also to be creative and be kind of do your own thing because we all have strengths and weaknesses. And so um, I don't know, it's, it's not like a one for one, um, but I, I think the way to make it up is setting a goal for yourself, something that you know is going to help you take the next step and be successful and trying to attain it um, any way you can. So I, I think that's kind of the closest way you can do it when it comes to business. So how do you compete right now? So what are you, what are you doing? What is your business? And what was that process like after college for you to eventually find this? Because you know you had your time in corporate. Now you're, you're an entrepreneur doing your own thing. Uh, what was that process like learning this new sport, specifically within the niche you're in now? Yeah. So now um, I'm, I have a business flipping houses, but what that really entails is remodeling, uh, running a construction business. Actually, um, there's a lot of elements involved. You've got to find the property, you've got to remodel the property, then you have to sell it. So there's several steps to my business. Um, 
but uh, you know, I started out in sales. Um, I got a marketing degree from Anderson and I learned pretty quickly that I don't like being told what to do and when to do it really. Um, I like kind of being in control of my own destiny and uh, you know, you do have some of that autonomy through sales to, to kind of be out on your own and kind of do your own thing. But um, you still have the reports, you're still answering to someone and they still do have some control over what you can and can't do. Um, and, but, but that sales experience and that autonomy that I did have, um, I was kind of able to prove to myself that I, I was capable of learning something new, trying something new, um, and, and then creating something on my own. And, uh, the process for me and what, you know, I, I can't remember if it was a podcast or I read this somewhere, but I kind of learned to fail quickly. I, um, I learned a lot about myself, what I like, what I don't like. And as soon as I realized I, I'm not in this anymore, this isn't, this isn't working for me. I quickly moved to my next step, what I, what I think is going to work for me and what I want to try. Um, and so that, that process has led me to where I am now in my business. And, um, it's still just like basketball. You're, you're, you're constantly evolving, practicing, changing, and I'm still doing that. I'm, I'm two and a half years into it, but, um, it's, a, it's still a challenge. Every, every house that I get and I remodel and sell, it's a different project. It's new and you have to be creative. And so, um, I, I've, I've enjoyed that, but I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning how, how to navigate it. And really the, the, the best way and to, to run a business in general is to have processes in place and, and have a system and, operate off of that. And so I, I'm still, you know, two and a half years in trying to learn that system and how to actually operate. So be specific, be specific if you don't mind. What, because I imagine you finish, you're in sales, you're selling different products. What is that? Are you Googling? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you talking to other home restorers, other people who flip houses? How are you learning <clears> about <throat> this as you're working in corporate or whatever that timeline was like before you started your own company? Right. Um, so what sparked all of it, and, and to answer your question in short, is I did all of those things that you just named. Um, how this all started, I was at a conference with my wife's family, and a guy got up on stage and was talking about doing exactly what I've done. He moved in with his in-laws, um, bought a house, started to renovate it, and, and then you know realized quickly Hey, this can be a business. I can repeat this. I can do this again, and it's fun, and, and it's you can make a great living at it. Um, and he, had, they had said, and you just kind of sparked something in me. And on the flight home from that conference, I um, ordered a, a book online. Um, and I'm trying to remember; it was the first book I read. Um, I think it was maybe Flipping 101. Um, read it the entire flight, finished it in in a day. Um, and kind of became obsessed with it and then quickly learned, okay, I need to start listening to podcasts. Um, everything, there's content out there for anything you want to learn. And if you decide that you care about it and become passionate about it, you can find it. It's, it's available. 
And so I just started listening to podcasts. I started talking to people in Greenville that are doing this. Um, they didn't know I was so serious about becoming their competitor, but I did. I spoke with people and I didn't try to recreate the wheel. They reinvent the wheel. Um, there, there are ways to do it. And um, yes, there's, you can change and alter, but ultimately there's people who've done it before and made a great living. And so I started taking the elements and then adding some of my own. So it was networking, it was listening, it was reading, it was all, all of the above to, to kind of get the courage to get started. That's what that did. It, it, it encouraged me to actually uh, buy my first property. And what do, if you're willing and able to share, what do some of those failures look like? You said you took a lot of failures and you learned to fail fast in college. What does that mean for you in college and, and post-college, post-grad? Yeah. Um, well, our coach one time, he told me, and this kind of changed the way I thought in general. And it is so true for me. Um, my actual talent, it, it only will get me so far. and It's not that great. And if I'm willing to work hard, if I'm willing to put in the hours and dedication, that's what's actually going to separate or, or actually catch me up to the people who do have a bunch of natural talent and are, are already further ahead than I am. And I knew really through high school playing basketball, I never heard about the details and dedication and practice and being in the weeds. Um, and even through most of my college career, I didn't. And I learned that putting in the work, the hours, the time, all my energy going into it is what actually gets you where you want to go. So my failure, all leading up to me starting my own business was really not giving it my all and, and, and almost becoming obsessed with it. Um, and, and like I said, when, when I heard the guys speak about it at the conference, I took immediate action and said, I'm going all in to learn, is this something that I'm actually going to do and care about? Um, and, and so that's one of the, the biggest failures just in life in general. Um, another one is, um, I, I kind of learned that, yes, it's important to get started. Like if you, if you, if you just sit around and keep reading and getting all this head knowledge it doesn't really doesn't it's not it is an action but it's not an action towards you know creating something so i think a failure for me was i got so obsessed and i said i gotta start and i made some mistakes up front and i learned from those and it was it was actually great and to be specific um i bought a house needed entirely too much work I uh, relied too heavily on one specific contractor. Um, I didn't have all my ducks in a row as far as material goes. So there were so many mistakes, but um, it's, a, it's a failure and a success. The failure is it took me a lot longer and I, I was working on this house for months on end and with very little sleep and it was painful. But the success was I learned that I'm never going to do that again. And I got started. So I think there's a balance between, okay, hurry, hurry, hurry to get started. But then also um, make sure that you got a plan in place and, and don't get so caught up in getting started that you didn't prepare properly. So that was another fail, failure early on um, that I learned from and 
really haven't made since. So let me ask you this. Uh, what we had stats, if you remember uh, AU in the yeah. halftime, we would have certain metrics like, Hey, we need to make sure we beat, we win the paddle of the boards that we get more paint touches. We have less than 12 turnovers, yada, yada, yada. Right. What are those stats for you right now? For me in the basketball training industry is the occupa- occupancy ratio. How many kids do I have in classes? It's the gross profit margin and all <clears> the other <throat> metrics. What are you looking at on a daily, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis for your numbers in your business? Yeah. Um, so like you hear all the time, time is money. So, um, for me, everything is re- almost, almost everything is related to time. So, um, to buy a property, typically, not always, but typically I get financing on the, on the house to buy the house. Um, that's a monthly payment. So the quicker I sell it, the better off I am. Um, so time in general is my key metric. I like to spend um, really no more than eight weeks on a particular project because the market, as we've seen recently here, can change overnight. And so the longer you're staying on one particular project, you don't know what the outcome is going to be when you go to sell it. So um, time, yes, it's, you know, all the time um, in in what I do. Um, So also, it's, I would say, scheduling is a big, a, a big piece to it, but that goes back to time. You, you can't have your painters painting when there needs to be the, the sheetrock and drywall that they're pay, actually painting needs repairs. So there's a schedule to everything. Um, and if you get off that schedule, now you're, off, you're, you're spending more money and you're not on track with your time. So, um, Everything for me is, is looking at, at, at the time that I'm spending on a particular project. So that's the biggest thing for me. I like that. And how, how have you specifically, or just the industry as a whole, how has it been affected by COVID-19? Yeah. Um, I think the uncertainty of how it's going to affect real estate is the biggest um, impact because for example right now i have a house that i've got under contract and um i'm having a tough time obtaining to actually buy it and so the seller has gotten um his tenants out and he was getting a payment from them every month and now he's not because i agreed to buy it now i can't buy it because all the banks are kind of scared to lend money um, and, and then I'm, I, I've kind of come up with a way to still buy it, but now I'm thinking, okay, on the back end, once I do, let's say in six weeks, eight weeks, I finished the project listed on the market. Is it going to be worth 75% of what it was before, um, all this, this started, or is it going to be 90%? Is it going to be 50%? No one really knows. So the uncertainty is impacting everyone. And kind of causing people to pause before they, they take action. Um, so I think what that leads to is we're going to have a flood of properties and people wanting to buy and sell once this does pass, which probably isn't the best thing for a real estate investor. And 
you say a flood of people. Why is that not the best thing for a real estate investor? So um, in Greenville in particular, where we are, uh, it's, it's, it's considered a seller's market, meaning sellers are going to kind of control the game because there's only so much inventory to buy. So let's say that you want to buy a three bedroom, two bath home and your budget is $200,000. Well, if all you can find is properties that are three bed, two baths, but they're all 210, now you either have to wait and save up a little bit more money or you just can't buy a house, but you're not gonna be able to convince everyone to come down uh, because there's only so much inventory. You only can maybe choose from two or three houses. So in the area that you wanna be, so that's considered a seller's market. And that's what we've been in. There's a shortage of inventory. When people get into financial stress or come under financial stress or get behind on other payments, one of the first things that they do is say, I got to get out of this house. This is my biggest payment every month. I've got to sell. I've got to do something to, to downgrade. And so what that means is a ton of houses are going to come on at once and it can easily turn into a buyer's market where now I can pick out of 10 homes and I'm just going to pick my favorite one and tell them that they need to come down to my price of what I want and they really control the game. So I, I kind of think that that could happen and I could be totally wrong. Again, with this virus, it's just the uncertainty. We don't really know how it's, it's going to play out in six weeks or 12 weeks, who knows? So let me ask you this. Talk, talk to not just those in the real estate industry, especially who are young professionals. Talk to the trainers, anybody who's been an athlete, but now they're competing in this sport of business. What advice would you give them towards their personal finances? And what advice would you give them towards just overall business acumen and business knowledge that's needed if they want to take a similar route to you? Right. Um, what, what I would say probably the most important thing is um, start out networking, talking to people, listening to podcasts, just educating yourself. Um, the more you know, the more, the more control you have over your future. Um, as far as advice you know, to a young professional right now, there's always opportunity when something like this happens. You have to find out where it is. Like, for example, right now, anyone who can make face masks and quickly is, is going to be rich beyond belief. That's an opportunity. People um, who, who create uh, medicines, natural medicines for, for uh, viruses, opportunity for them. So there's always an opportunity. So I'd say in a situation like this, it's find your opportunity. Um, and, and for me, my, what I think a potential opportunity for me would be is if there are people in financial stress and they do need to sell their house quickly, I might be able to get a really good deal on a house because of this situation. It's unfortunate for everybody involved, but that might be an opportunity for me. Um, and, and, the advice to the young professional who hasn't started their own business or kind of go, gone the route that I've gone, it would be save your money and, and, and look at the opportunity that you, that you could have because of this. And that might be a place to get started. I, when I started what I'm doing now, um, I, 
I don't think, I think the wrong way to look at it is, okay, what is my passion? If you, if you love what you do, you'll never work day in your life. I don't, I don't really think that that's true. If you're really, if you're doing your job really, really well, sometimes it's going to feel like work. I don't think it's never going to feel like work to you. But for me, I found what is, what is my passion really? I do love real estate and I do love remodeling. I love the projects, but what I really care about is my time and my family and being able to do what I want. And so it's finding what is my true passion? What do I really want in life in general? And how can I use business to get there? And what's the quickest route? And what's the route that makes most sense for me and what talent I have and what I, I'm interested in? Um, once you find that, now, now you can start working your way towards what your true passion is. And, and that's different for everybody. Some people want to travel. Some people want to have a big family. Some, you know, it, it, it depends on what, what, what your goal is. But identifying that is important because then you can use business to get there ultimately. Got it. So I'm about to flip the switch right now and talk to you like a teammate versus an interviewee. Yo, you really think you work less hours than what you did in corporate? now you really think that um i work i wouldn't say that i work less hours now um i work about the same honestly um but but i i think uh, like i know what my end goal is like i'm not i'm not i'm not so dependent on other people and climbing a ladder and like focusing on what you know they have to, what they think about me or what they want for me. It's I'm in control. So like when I do work, I know a hundred percent where I'm going with it. So that's, I think that's like, that's the biggest difference for me. What's one tactical piece of advice that you've read or learned or heard that uh, you've used that you've seen results from? It could be a negotiation tactic. It can be something to get your workers to work more, your teammates to work more. What's one piece of advice you, you've learned and applied that's worked for you? Yeah. Um, let's think. One piece is tough to give just uh, one thing, but um, yeah, I, I, I would just say the, can I kind of reference this, but it, there is an element of becoming obsessed everything you can about something in particular so my niche is real estate and flipping houses yours is basketball which you've been learning and, and honing for you know your entire life so but but it takes it takes like a almost just a total mind shift and saying this is what I want to do and I'm going all in um, and getting started, like I'm, I'm actually going to do this, um, and it's just deciding. I look, whatever it takes, however many hours. If I got to, you know, like I said, on my the first house I did, I was I was working into the middle of the night all the time. I was I was listening to things. I was setting things up for my accounting software. You know, I was doing all kind of stuff. I had become kind of crazed with it. But I think any really successful business person, when you talk to them. Right when they got started, that was a part of it. And so um, I think it's, it's almost like um, just a part of the process is, is, is getting, that, getting to that point. So once you 
find something that you're you enjoy enough to do that with um i think that that's a it's a really good step towards you kind of starting your business got it so whether somebody is in foreclosure about to be or has unwanted rental property i mean there's thousands of reasons why you would uh purchase a house or help somebody out in need you're pretty introverted at least from my time knowing you how could or would you even be willing to let people know how they can find out more about you or to get in contact with you for your services? How would you guide them? Yeah. Um, I would say, um, I, I'm working on my website currently to, to kind of turn people to, um, I would say sending me an email. It's miles at sellyourhomeupstate.com. You can just send me an email and, um, you know, we'll schedule an appointment. And I can come see if I can help you. Um, and I've got an Instagram and I actually, because I'm not, I just got started with it. I don't, I have no idea what the name of it is. My son. Uh, maybe, maybe you'll put that in the notes. How <laughs> fine. Maybe, maybe you'll help me out. Cause I, I really, I could not tell you. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, man. But no, I, I do like, I know your site is getting revamped, but I like the copy. Your communication style is how you, how you speak and how you write too, it seems. So I think it's the best, honestly, man. It gets rid of the fluff and gets right to the point, which I think the people you're talking to really appreciate. So, man, right. if there's nothing else that you want to share. Uh, it's your platform. You can go ahead and do it. But if not, uh, that concludes the podcast, bro. And I appreciate your time, man, and the wisdom. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Yo, hope that podcast gave you some value. If it did, please rate, review, and subscribe to this. It only makes the podcast better. I read every single one. And at the very least, go join our group. You'll see the link in the description of this episode. And I will catch you on the next one.